Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It is... March 22nd, 1996. Mm, I think it's the 23rd, actually. Mm, is it? When we release this episode, yes. <laughs> when people get their hands on this tape, that's yeah. the date. Yeah, you're right. It's March 23rd. You're I know correct. that because it's my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Oh, happy birthday, Pretty sure you won't listen to this tape, but right. happy, happy birthday anyway. Happy birthday to Carol's mom. Let's see. What? It's 1996. Right. So trying she's to like... Out, trying to figure out how old she is. 42. No. no, she's 42. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to age her. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. Glad she's not listening. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, Carol, you want to get into a little bit of news besides your mom's birthday? What What is more important than that? Come on now. Well, the Beatles. Okay. <laughs> that didn't take a lot of convincing. <laughs> like, that is true. My, the, I'd kill my mother for the Beatles. <laughs> uh, the Beatles, uh, their anthology album, remember, remember volume one of their anthology album mm-hmm. released a few months ago? Yep. Volume two is dropping, as they call it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So this article says, uh, here comes the good stuff. Okay. What was the stuff before? Well, if the first Beatles anthology released in November offered a fun peek at the early days of the world's biggest rock and roll group, the Beatles anthology two is serious business, showcasing the best band in rock and at its creative peak. I mean, I guess I, I like a lot of the early stuff. Though. Yeah, me too. I know in the the early days they were more of a like you know, teeny kind of band. You know, that, oh yeah, I uh-huh. tell you something. You know, you remember the the no Ed Sullivan show? <laughs> no, Grandpa, I don't. You remember nineteen sixty four, right? Maybe you need to talk to my mother. I do right. not. There you go. Anyway, you're a creepy old man. You know that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because you're pretending to be a young man and you're dating a young girl. I'm pretending to be a young man. Are you? Are you secretly like? I'm a vampire. A deviant. <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> well, there we go. So I'm mystery solved. I stopped aging when I got turned into a vampire. So I'm actually several hundred years old. <laughs> you know, you just got like ten times hotter. <laughs> We might need to stop the show for a minute. All right, there you go. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I just, my parents are old. So I, I know things. I have siblings that are old. I have a sibling that was born the year the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Wow. Show. But they wouldn't remember no, it No, they wouldn't either. remember it. I don't remember it for real, but I've seen clips, you know. You have? Yeah. Where? They show them on TV and stuff like that. Like when they do retrospectives or stuff, like how I've seen Laughing because okay. they had that fucking Laughing special, right? 
Like right. laughing from you know over the years or whatever. Or like how I can buy cassette tapes of like the old western shows for Sure, yeah. Yeah. My dad has a bunch of those, like Fibber McGee and Molly and, and uh the Lone Ranger and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like old radio shows, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. It's kinda cool to pop in a tape and pretend it's you know, nineteen thirty five or nineteen forty two right. again, right? <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's, I don't know, are you interested in the second Beatles anthology album slash double CD case? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know how big. Of course. I didn't know how big of a Beatles fan you were. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm going to like throw my panties at them, but I I like the Beatles. Most of them are dead. Well, not most of them. (laughs) One of them's dead. (laughs) I was going to say, wow. I mean, John John counts as most of them, right? (laughs) Sure. <laughs> no offense. To sure, jo- they'd love to hear that. No offense to George. No, I like I like Paul McCartney. He's a bass player. I was a bass player. I mean, you're obviously more of a fan than I am because I truly don't even know all of their names or which one is which. I just like the music. <laughs> I would assume Octopus Garden's going to be on here. Happiness is a warm gun. That era of stuff. Happiness is a warm gun. Yeah. What the hell kind of song is that? <laughs> It's horrific. Happiness is not a warm gun, people. While my guitar gently weeps. That's fine. Weeping guitars are fine, not guns are not. Here comes the sun. Don't be gross. That's, <laughs> that's the name. But the way that's you the said of- it. It was the way you said it. <laughs> Sicko. Remember how we're all planets, right? <laughs> you said that. That was something you said. What? Back when you were a motivational speaker for the planets. That was that was, that was, that was the joke that we made on the show. Okay. I said, I was talking about third rock from the sun, and I said third rock from the sun. You said that implies that there are more planets between the sun and the earth and three. Mm. But some of them were, I forget it. I remember now. You don't even remember your own jokes. I do, I remember now. I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so speaking of funny, uh, Conan, you know, Conan, Conan. Kind of, maybe, sort of. Conan O'Brien. I mean, like, literally never watched one of his shows, oh, but. Oh, man, you should watch it with me. I love Conan O'Brien. Nah. I'm not into this late night shift. We already talked about that when we covered the late shift or show or whatever. Late shift is correct. He becomes a Conan O'Brien becomes a late night TV hit. Like we don't need another one. The odds. What? We don't need another one. We've already got Jay Leno and uh, David Letterman. You don't Mm. need freaking Conan O'Brien too. Conan O'Brien took over the spot that David Letterman had, so he appears after the Tonight Show. And he's funnier and better. It's, this is the way to watch late night TV. Watch David Letterman's show and then watch Conan O'Brien. What about Jay Leno? Fuck Jay Leno. He sucks. I hate Jay Leno. <laughs> I want Jay Leno to get into a fiery car accident. <gasps> I don't want him to die. That's terrible. I don't want him to die or get really hurt or anything like that. But he loves cars so much. I want him to get into a car accident that destroys one of his favorite cars. Wow, that's like evil. I want a tree. You're evil. I want lightning to hit a tree outside his garage and crush all of his cars. Fuck that piece of shit. That's all I have to say. Wow. I know some things about Jay Leno that the general public might not know. Oh, do you? He's terrible. Yeah, I hate him. 
Anyway. Did, did you follow the money? I followed the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, sure he's not, I'm sure he's not a murderer, but I don't like Jay Leno. Anyway, so Conan O'Brien. It says, uh, one recent evening, Conan O'Brien flew into mock panic when a TV monitor behind his desk momentarily went black during a taping of his late night show. I thought we'd been canceled! Cornel Brand exclaimed to his loyal sidekick, Andy Richtar. It scared the bejesus out of me. That's ex- that's so something he would say. He's like, uh, he has the, the cadence and the sentimentality of like a vaudeville comedian. And he's a ginger. Wow. On top of all that. You're a half, you're, you're an, you're an anti-gingite. <laughs> How dare you? Just saying he's an ugly SOB. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, he's not the most handsome person in the world, but what I love about this article, though, is it, it's a very short article, mm-hmm. a couple paragraphs, and then they fill out the rest of the article by saying highlights from recent Conan O'Brien monologues, and it's just, it's just his jokes they're wow. stealing. Way to fill a page, guys. So I'm going to steal a couple of them. All righty. Maybe you can convince me he's not gross. In a new survey, 50% oh oh but I mean I don't know how I'm going to convince you that he doesn't look gross by doing <laughs> his his stick but uh in a new survey, 50% of teachers said today's biggest problem is that students get incorrect information from outdated textbooks. The other 50% said they're not aware of the problem, but they're sure the Nixon administration will solve it. Okay. Uh let's see. In a new study by Men's Health Magazine has determined that the average man has seven sexual partners in his lifetime. Hmm. The study was conducted by asking men how many women they'd slept with and dividing by two. <laughs> See? And then one more. Penthouse Magazine reports that their circulation is down 16%. In related news, teenage boys report their circulation is down 16%. I don't get it. Circulation because of... Uh, Blood rushing to Ew. the penis when, Ew. when teenage boys are aroused. No. I'm sure you're familiar with that, Carol. Gross. That has to be a phenomenon that follows you around wherever you go. Ew. <laughs> anyway. God gave you textbooks for a reason, teenage boys. Outdated textbooks. To hold in front of your genitals. Okay, I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> how, how fascinating is that thing that you play with? It's so much more interesting than this show, isn't it? No, what the fuck? Because I just look over, waiting to see if you're ready for the next segment of our show, and <laughs> you're just playing with a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> well, it was there, did, did okay? Did you solve it? No. There's a lot of things there that you don't play with while we're talking hey, about no. <laughs> You're a freak. Uh, this week, yeah, I'm the freak. This week, we we watched... A televisual program. Yeah, we've we've watched the first episode of this yeah. for y'all. Guess what it is? <laughs> what have we watched the first episode of that we've never talked about again, but we're going to talk about today? So many things. I don't know. It's the one with D.B. Sweeney about his family died. No, uh, come on now. You love to say it. It's sliders. There you go. <laughs> Just in case anybody was waiting for it, right. I had to do it. Yeah, we watched. We watched that. 
Jerry O'Connell, uh, the what, what was what was the name of his fucking show? My my secret identity or whatever. I don't know. He was a, a like a he could float. <laughs> he could. He could float. Huh? He, he could float gently, like three feet above the ground, with the worst graphics I've ever seen on a television show. Wow. He had sneakers that made him fly or something like that. I don't remember. He was a fucking like like superhero or whatever uh, teenager. Okay. Yeah, he was on a TV show when he was a kid. I don't know. Well, he's in a TV show now. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we watched it. I just don't know what what's so exciting about the fact that he was in one before. I don't know, babe. It's just, <laughs> it was referencing that he was in this. Okay. He was also in Stand By Me. Was he? Based on the... Yeah, he was the fat kid. You don't remember oh, that? No. He was the fat one. Okay. And then his parents were like, we're going to starve him so that Aww. he gets thin and hot. And can become a Hollywood star. Aw, poor Jerry O'Connell. No, I don't know what they did, but... Sad. Maybe he just grew. Yeah, it could be. Could have just been normal growth. <laughs> yeah, he was the fat one in Stand By Me. Vern. Okay. He was uh, good friends with Gordy Lachance, a.k.a. Will Wheaton. Well, in this episode of Sliders... Will Wheaton shows up. No. And says, I want those pennies, Vern. I already buried a jar of pennies. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I truly don't remember anything about Stand By Me. Oh, my God. This is another movie we should watch sometime, I guess. Leeches attach themselves to one of the two Gordy's uh, balls. In the movie. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Can you imagine? No. Speaking of boys' genitals in circulation. I don't want to imagine. Okay. No. It's not that. Anyway, so, yeah. So, we watched and they appear, in, in case you don't know what Sliders is. It's because a sh- you're bad audience and you didn't listen to all of our episodes. Shame. It's a show where, shame, it's a show where they they go to alternate dimensions, mm-hmm. essentially. It's like Quantum Leap, but instead of going in the past, they're going to alternate dimensions. So it's like. Things could be way different, or things could be just a little bit different. Or there could be one element of life that's way different, and everything else is the same, which makes no sense. They're in San Francisco. So, in this one, it's like the Old West. It's weird. They're in San Francisco, which is now a part of Texas, because the the alternate stuff that happened in this reality is that uh, the Republic of Texas was formed like it always was, but during the Civil War... Instead of becoming part of the United States, they instead remained a republic and gobbled up a bunch of territory. So basically the entire West is its own country called Texas. Mm-hmm. And Can so, you imagine what that, I mean, like, yeah. they did, but it'd be bad. Yeah. And everything's bigger in Texas, of course, as we know. <laughs> and don't mess with Texas, as we know. But Jerry O'Connell messes with them and it's no good. He kills him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But as we later find out, he didn't kill him. But right. he gets he gets more like instead of putting him in a moral quandary, which might be interesting, they just completely diffuse that by saying, "Oh, you didn't kill him. I killed." Well, him. I mean, it was mostly over at that point. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, what I think is funny is that this alternate uh, thing happened, and they they you know they took over San Francisco and stuff, but they still built Coit Tower. And shit, like, the San Francisco skyline's still the same. 
Like, yeah, well, we still build all the same buildings, and apparently all the same artists and yeah. and architects and stuff were here, even though a lot of them had to have come from the East. And the same presidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George W. George uh, George Bush is still born. Lyndon Johnson's still born, mm-hmm. even though this is an enormous change. But they're they're all still born, mm-hmm. and they became presidents of this country, Texas. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, I guess George Bush got reelected here." And it's like, yeah, I guess they did. I wonder who became president. Who became president instead of Johnson and Bush in? The United States. Oh. Like, I want to know what's happening back east. Right? Give a fuck about these people. But apparently, uh, court, like, it's it's really weird. Because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the law of the Old West, I guess, uh, permeates everything. Mm-hmm. And lawyers slash... They, they, they keep saying lawyers, but it's really more like they're stockbrokers or... Like business people or something like that? Well, yeah, they asked about both law school and an MBA in the same breath. Like, basically anyone involved in business is also supposed to be a gunman. Right. And this company has a bunch of gunmen at their disposal. And it's like, they're like corporate, they're doing like corporate takeovers and stuff like that. They're like fucking corporate pirates, but for reals, because they've got guns and they're just shooting their competition. Yeah. If, If they have a negotiation, it's a duel. Yeah, and it's like a hostile takeover is, we're going to murder you, mm-hmm. so give us your company. And, um, yeah, when Jerry O'Connell shows up, he mm-hmm. uh, he saves somebody from, you know, a mad gunman who right. then tries to kill him, and mm-hmm. he shoots them in self-defense. Yeah, supposedly, but it's really the woman that Well, kills he them. did shoot. He just Shot isn't the, he isn't the one who hit him. What happened to that bullet? That's what I want to know. Right. It hit the window, and in the next saloon over, somebody got killed. Oh, jeez. So he really did kill somebody. Or maybe they both shot him, and, and she just thinks that it was only her. No, oh, maybe. That's true, too. It's possible. I don't know. Either way, he's... Like, they go to the gun range later, and he sucks with a gun. Yeah. It's kind of obvious. He's not the one. But it's a very simplistic plot, especially for an hour-long show like, yeah. like this is. Because her, the woman, the main woman interest and her little kid, their their dad got murdered and, well, her, the little kid's dad got murdered. Right. Her husband. And now she's like trying to run this company. Apparently she's got a, a microchip that's going to revolutionize the industry of computers. And they, they talk about the information superhighway at some point. I think it's still it's funny, too. The internet still exists, and they use the same words, even though things would be so different. Very, very different. It makes no sense. And it looks like the Old West. Like, how can it be modern and old-timey at the same time? Well, they, they do mention, like, oh, take them back to Old Town, as if, like, it's just a section of the city that, that they keep like the Old West for some reason. Uh-huh. And they also play cards, but they play cards with stocks. Like yeah, the blue, weird. like the blue chips are literally blue chip mm. stocks, and Rembrandt wins a bunch of money for her. Big yeah, stocks like it, it's so much. of This doesn't make any sense. Like I thought, different things were going to happen. Like Rembrandt was going to lose a bunch of her money, and they were going to have to find another way to get it or something. But it's like if he is that good at poker because he's playing poker, mm-hmm. then why, like, why couldn't he just win them a bunch of money and stop the takeover? 
And if somebody says, I'm going to take you over, it's just like, it, like if they have more guns or if they have the fastest gun, they just get your company? I don't, like, how does this work? How does this fucking world work? Yeah. I mean, he did win them a bunch of money. It just didn't change anything. There, what I didn't like about this, this episode, and I like this show a lot, but, I mean, I like the premise a lot, and mm-hmm. there's there are a few episodes that are really, really good, but there's a lot of episodes that are really bad, and this was a bad episode, but what I didn't like about this is that it felt so shallow. Like... We didn't really get to know her mm-hmm. or her son or her plight. There was no scene where she talked about how much she missed her husband. I don't know if she did. Or the kid like broke down crying because his dad was dead. Like I didn't feel her plight that much. Yeah. And I didn't really get a feeling for like how awful this world was. It was more about him saying like, oh, you don't have to shoot people. You know, it's it's it, it takes more courage not to shoot than it does to shoot. Well, and it's I mean, like it's I valid. Yeah, I do get that, but when I, what I think would have sold that message so much more effectively and made the show resonate so much more is if they connected. Like, let's say that little kid. I think his name is Jamie or something like that. That little kid uh, was filled with hatred if he was a little bit maybe a little bit older too almost a teenager probably would have worked better Mm -hmm. but he was like filled with hatred and wanted revenge because this dude killed his dad and he wanted to kill him though like at all costs and he was going down the same savage path that this world had gone down because it was you know lawlessness old west stuff right Mm -hmm. and quinn was trying to get get through to him and tell him no you know you can't do this and finally says you know, I'll stand up for you and, and all that stuff like he does and then has that scene where he do, where he lays his guns down and tells everyone in the town you don't have to be like this then I think it would have resonated more did you forget about the fact that this kid took his gun and went to go kill the guy yeah but that's just a thing that happened like I didn't feel any this guy this kid is like you know, like, it it was all so emotionless. That's true. I will give you that. There was no, like, we didn't get to know this kid and what he thought mm-hmm. and what he wanted. And we didn't get to know the mom and what she wanted, other than the fact that she wanted her company to stay afloat. Yeah. And that's it. And it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it just didn't, it didn't connect emotionally and I, I thought it was boring because of it. Yeah, I guess there was more potential there that they didn't happen to. Yeah, instead they they just meander around from, you know, like scene to scene. It just, I don't know, it didn't, there was no cohesion to it to me. Yeah, I guess the director just really liked the Old West and wanted to explore that. Yeah, that, that there was a lot of Old West motif stuff, and that's that played the bulk of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, n- not not very good. What did you think of it? same i mean like it it wasn't great i i don't think that i was judging it as harshly as you but oh you rarely do (laughs) but anyway we uh we didn't go out to the movies this week nope we rented a movie instead and in anticipation of the oscars uh this weekend uh so the 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 oscars will air between 
this episode and our next episode. So I guess we'll have to talk about that next week. Yeah. But uh, in anticipation of that, because uh, Kevin Spacey is nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor for this movie, we rented uh, The Usual Suspects. Best Supporting Actor? Mm-hmm. Who the hell's the main actor? I guess Gabriel Byrne is the main actor. I, I disagree. Yeah, they they play fast and loose with the supporting thing. Like that Shawshank Redemption movie, remember, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago? Uh, Morgan Freeman, won, I think, won for Best Supporting Actor. Okay. It's like he's, I know Tim Robbins like the lead actor or whatever, but I mean, Morgan Freeman's like, he's in 90% of that movie too, yeah. you know? So, yeah. But yeah. They, they, pay, they play fast and loose with what counts as supporting versus lead a okay. lot. But yeah, I would say, I mean, Gabriel Burns top build, so I would say he's supposed to be the lead actor. Well, I mean, is he maybe a little more famous? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been around. He's been around more. Yeah, I would say in more high profile stuff. I mean, although that Kevin Spacey was in uh what's it called? I think See No Evil, Hear No Evil, the Gene Wilder Richard Pryor movie, he plays like a fucking thug, like uh like one of the the henchman to the main bad guy. Okay. So he's been around in little stuff here and there. Uh, and then he was, of course, he was in Seven. Right. Um, and then this movie. Those are the two things I really kind of know him from. I'm just thinking maybe that's why Gabriel Burns was top build. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, we saw it. We saw the usual suspects. Yeah. And let me just say, we usually don't give warnings about spoiling things that much but uh if you haven't seen it because this this is one of those movies where it's like big twist you know and everything uh go see the movie i mean it came out last year but but go go rent it and watch it before you listen to this you know what i feel like saying that there's a big twist is a spoiler for this movie because you said that right before we watched it yeah and then i was looking for it and that's Mm. why i was able to figure it out oh you figured it out for sure but I figured it out because I was looking for it. If I wasn't looking for it, I might not have. What do you 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 would have just been like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Maybe. Well, they the whole time they're like, who who is Kaiser Soze? Mm-hmm. They ask that a bunch. I mean, that's like the mystery of the movie. So I, I think you're supposed to ask. You know, I went back and rewatched because I rewound it and re- rewatched the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Spacey's voice at the beginning. <laughs> When he's talking to him, um, when he's like, because they that the first scene is like, uh, like the Keaton, you know, Gabriel Byrne getting uh, mm-hmm. getting shot and everything, and he's like, "You ready?" You know, and he's like, he's got a little, he puts on a little bit of a husky voice, but it's it's very clearly Kevin Spacey's voice. Yeah, that's funny. And uh, so yeah, so Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze, ver- yeah. verbal kint. He he does he, maybe he should win the Oscar because let me tell you something. He did a very good job pretending to be this unassuming, just like regular nice guy, if a little mm-hmm. bit aloof. And he was a complete monster under the surface. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, you know, that's got to say something. I mean, to be able to do that, that's, that's a, that's a skill. And the entire movie, he was pretending to be crippled when he wasn't, mm-hmm. yeah. which, you know, that's. Yeah. To pretend to be something that you're not at all like portraying yourself as one thing and being something else i mean that's you know that's that's good acting 
You know, his character, what, why are you laughing? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm just looking at you. Uh-huh, you're laughing at me, I see it in your eyes. I'm not laughing at you. What the fuck? <laughs> this movie make you paranoid? I'm Kaiser Sose. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's hard to imagine uh, verbal. Yeah. Talking. Be, being Kaiser Sose. It's hard mm. to imagine. Like, the story he tells about him. Do you think it's true, or do you think it's just no, another? I think, see, I think that's fucked up. I think I, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's just bluster. Because he, yeah, they talk about who's Kaiser Soze, and he's like one of the stories the guys told me. The one that I believe is that he was this guy in Hungary or Turkey or whatever, and they show this dude with like super long hair and stuff, right. and he murders his own wife and his his kids because this Hungarian mob comes and it's like, hey, we're going to kill your family if you if you don't give us uh, your, your criminal empire. And so he murders his own family. No, that is not why he did it. He did it because while they were waiting, they raped his wife in front of his children. Mm-hmm. And he said he'd rather see them dead than have them live another day after this because of that, I'm sure. Not because not of fucking business. Oh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. Anyway, so he, he, he does all that. I think that's I, I, I don't think he's ever been married. Okay. I don't think he's ever had any kids. I think that's just all a lie. I think, I don't even know if he's, does he strike you particularly as Turkish or no. Hungarian? No. So I think he's just a guy that started this criminal empire. He's just a, like a genius, like criminal genius or whatever, right? That started this criminal empire and made up all these stories about himself. Or, you know, these stories go around and everything. I, I think Kaiser Soze is one of those, uh, I don't like a pseudonym, but I can't remember what they call it. But it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't really exist. It's a, it's a, a like a figurehead kind of name, but it's, he's not a Kaiser, you know. So, like, he just made it up. He just made up Kaiser Soze, I think. Because he's obviously very good at making stuff up. Right. Did they all just meet Verbal in the lineup? No. Uh, they say that Keaton met him in county jail. Okay. That he was in the county jail doing like uh, six months for a uh, con scam or something like that. Because it's just kind of, it's kind of weird. Like he, he's <clears throat> been pretending to be this other guy for so long then. Like, Well, I think what he did was... I think he intentionally, like, I think he somehow engineered it to get in the same jail as Keaton so that he could meet him so that he could have an end for this lineup thing. Hmm. That's what I think. Because I, the, that's the whole point. The lineup's the whole point of the, the thing, to get them all together. Interesting. Because he wants all of them together because they all stole from him or whatever. And he wants to use them to get to this guy that can name him. And he succeeds in all of it. Yeah. He wins. And then he leaves. And Chaz Palminteri's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I think it's funny that Chaz Palminteri even figured it out. He's just looking at the all the stuff on the wall and he's like, mm, quartet. <laughs> Didn't he say something about a quartet? Yeah. It is How kinda... can he be this good of a detective, but also fall for all of this guy's bullshit? Right. At one point he says, when I was picking beans in Guatemala, <laughs> and that to coffee beans, and that doesn't ring a bell to him, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's 
it's hard to believe that he's had quite the life that he wants him to believe. Yeah. What did you think of this movie in general? Like, overall? I really liked it. Like, I'm usually not super into, like, crime drama kind of movies, but Mm -hmm. it, it kept my attention the whole time. There's certain things that don't quite jibe with me that I feel like we could pick apart if we wanted to. Like what? But, well, all the stuff with Keaton. They talk about how Keaton was like um, was like uh, a cop. And he got in trouble because he was like fucking murdered people and shit like that. Like he was this corrupt cop and everything for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, uh, oh, you know, Keaton died. Like, uh, these people say he went into a thing and exploded and all that stuff, and then he, like, shows up. So it's like, did he lay low for a while and then come back? Did he, you know, like, did he That's just true. did he just go legit? It, there's certain things about his past that are just talked about, like, in vague terms, but aren't totally fleshed out. Yeah. I, I guess I get exactly why that is. If, if we, if this was too much from his point of view... Gabriel Byrne's point of view, then it would be easy to figure out that he's not Kaiser Soze, like they want us to believe. Right. And then it's it'd be easier to figure out the the you know, the conceit of the movie, I think. D- having verbal tell the story is perfect because he's an unreliable narrator. Because he's lying about most of the stuff. How much do you, of this do you think actually happened and how much do you think didn't happen? Like the whole Redfoot thing. Do you think that like you think that actually happened? He just changed the name so the guy couldn't be identified? Just like with the lawyer, the Kobayashi guy, right? Mm-hmm. That guy obviously existed because he picks him up at the end of the movie, but his name's not Kobayashi. He got right. that from the bottom of the, the coffee cup. But do you think the stuff happened the way he said it? No. Happened and he just changed the names? Or do you think it happened in a completely different way? Well, I don't. I think it happened differently. I don't think necessarily completely differently, but because we know he is an unreliable narrator, then mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of what he said was exaggerated right. or untrue. Yeah. Yeah, like Stephen Baldwin probably didn't have quite the chiseled profile that he does. This. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, there, there's a lot of... It's very... Uh, neo-noir, you know, like it's very, like a noir crime thriller mm-hmm. kind of genre. And it's good. It's well-directed. It's well-paced. Yeah. It's it's a solid film. It's, it's like I want to watch it again knowing the truth, but mm-hmm. it's like even knowing the truth, you still watching it again don't know anything because yeah. it's all his story. You're right. That's the only, that's maybe the only thing. But I, I guess, I, I think most of what he said probably happened around, at least approximately the way it happened. Because mm. I think he's he's taunting this dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, clearly, he doesn't have to talk to this guy. He has immunity and everything, right? right? Like, he doesn't have to say anything. I think he talks because he wants to. I think he tells him this stuff because he wants to. But then, I don't know what's going to happen with him in the future because, um... They know what he looks like now. Like, that agent knows that that's Kaiser Soze. The guy survived the thing. So everything that he wanted to happen, his uh, appearance, like what he looks like and who he actually is, not getting out there, like basically his secret identity being Mm -hmm. revealed, 
he failed. Well, yeah, because they also have that sketch too. It's not. It's yeah. not just the the officer going. Oh, right. he made all this stuff up. Mm-hmm. They have the sketch. the sketch. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he, he's he's kind of fucked in that way because now he'll never be able to surface again. Yeah, that was the whole point of everything he did was to get rid of the one guy that could identify him. Correct. And now a bunch of people now. can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? Huh. So, in a way, he does lose, even right. though he wins. Well, I think he's probably, like, going to, like, leave the country or something yeah. at this point, so... That's my guess. He'll still be able to conduct his criminal empire. He just will have to do it from the shadows. Yeah. So good for him. Maybe he can get married now and have kids. And shoot them. <laughs> That's the dream, right? <laughs> Apparently, it was his dream. Oh, my goodness. Freak. Yeah, I think that stuff's the stuff that's all made up. Okay. Like him being from Turkey and or Pakistan or... Yeah, he's whatever. obviously not from Turkey or Pakistan. Right. He might... I mean, he might be from Europe, I guess. Like, I could see that from someplace in Europe, but... Western Europe, not yeah. Eastern Europe. Well, he says... He mentions Germany at one point. Yeah, that could make someone sense. Someone was like, oh, someone said his, his, his mom was German and his mm-hmm. dad was was Turkish or whatever, right? It's like, I guess I could see that. Um, and they do, there's a bunch of Hungarian people trying to get, and they they speculate that maybe it's the same group of Hungarian criminals that he almost slaughtered, completely slaughtered back in Turkey. You know, the ones that broke into his house. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense either, because according to Kevin Spacey's story, uh, that dude went out and killed all the rest of them yeah. and their families and their uh, people they knew. Like, I mean, like obliterated them. Yeah, that's like true. he wouldn't leave a handful of them left, right, to come back, right? But maybe he did because, again, unreliable narrator. Yeah, but also I think it's just I don't know the people that want to take him down. It's probably just a like a rival. He probably just has rivals, yeah. you know, in the criminal industry because I guess it's mostly he runs drugs. He's like the kingpin of drug running, I guess. He's the Pablo Escobar of heroin. When he killed the dude at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. he looked like, oh, of course it's you. Like, when he was walking up, like, he just figured it all out in that moment. But I wonder why. Like, it seems like the way things were at that point, he should have been like, help me. My friend is here, you know, like, whatever, not like, oh, of course it's you and you're going to kill me. Probably because he was walking without a limp and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. he was walking normal and smoking and dressed like that and was just like, hey, what's up, Keaton? Yeah. He's like, oh, I get it. I get it. You fucked us all. You, you got us in here. Okay. God, he's, I don't know. <laughs> At least he got to punch him. And he gets to say it in his Irish accent. <laughs> Hello, Kaiser. Gabriel Byrne. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I would I would recommend it. Rent it. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Spacey will win the Oscar. Gabriel Byrne looked different in this movie than he did in Little Women. Like, he looked smaller and older. I'm trying to think if he was in Little Women. Was he? He was. He was, he the, was uh, the older sister's husband. The, the guy, like... Um, oh, yeah, I think you're right. I know I'm right. He... <laughs> I know when I see Gabriel Burns, okay. But um, I just think that it's weird that he looks so different and that movie only came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, like two And yeah. this movie came out eight years ago, so 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like, did did he get sick in between? Like, what the hell? <laughs> well, because it's like he was. He seems Gabriel like, Burns has AIDS <laughs> confirmed. He seems like such like a big dude, and that in this movie he just doesn't. He seems he's, like kind of gaunt. I don't know if I'd call him big. He's tall, kind of rangy, well, broad shoulders, a little. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call him big. Like I've never thought of him as a, like a buff guy or anything. Well, in that movie, I pretty much only see him with women, so <laughs> yeah, it makes him seem bigger, right? Uh, and they're and they're little women too, so right? <laughs> that probably seems even bigger. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got about this movie. I don't yeah, know. it was it was interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it. Yeah, all right. But well, hopefully, if you just listen to us talk about it. You don't need us to recommend it because you already saw it. Because otherwise, we ruined it for you. Yeah, that's true. So, so uh, have, jokes have, on you. I guess. Have fun with that. All right, Carol, why don't you take us out? All right, uh, go to our website at www.retrolatefee.com, and um, you can write us at latefee nineteen ninety four at aol com. That's right. And tell all your friends about it. Yeah, do it. All right, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.